From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, if you were sent $10 million, would you give it back? That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Okay. So I'm going to start this whole thing off with the news of the day because this is just an interesting conversation. I think ethically there is a right choice or maybe a compromise to the right choice. And also there is my feelings about this story. So let me read you the story first and then I want your opinion. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. Okay, so two sisters in Melbourne, Australia. They're being chased by the courts after receiving $10.5 million in an accidental transaction from crypto. Com. They allegedly then spent it on luxury goods. And this was all confirmed by Crypto.com to Decrypt that this case is now in the courts. So what happened was, is that back in May of 21, these sisters asked for a $100 refund for something. Now, it didn't say in the article, so let's just say whatever. But instead of getting that $100, they actually got $10.5 million. Yikes. So they got the money and they went to buy things like a $1.35 million five-bedroom home. They also created a joint account so the two sisters can share in the spoils. And so remember, this was transferred back in May of 21. Crypto.com didn't notice the mistake until December, seven months later of 21. And what happened was, is an employee just entered the wrong number. So, I mean, it was just a simple error. I mean, unless the employee knew the sisters, then you know, we can get into that. But there's no allegations that there was some kind of collusion, so... It was just a mistake. It was just a mistake. And so what is the right thing? What is the wrong thing? And how do you feel about this? I want your opinion. Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. Here's the right thing to do. Obviously, the right thing to do is to notify Crypto.com. With that said, I would take the excuse from the sisters that says, hey, you know what? We signed up to Crypto.com and we're on Twitter all the time and Crypto Twitter and we're on Reddit and so on and so forth. And there's games and rewards and prizes all the time for crypto. Sign up to, remember the whole sign up to Coinbase with Doge, buy $100 worth of Doge and be entered to win a million dollars worth of Doge or something like that? I mean, I even did it. So if during that time frame, Coinbase sent me a million dollars, I'd be like, holy crap, I just won the Doge thing. I probably wouldn't even, I wouldn't tell anybody on, on crypto Twitter. I wouldn't tell anybody. I'd be like, oh, I just got to come up. All right. You know, and I'll just keep it in my account. I mean, there's airdrops, there's NFTs, there's all kinds of different things going on in crypto. And so I understand if somebody was sent money and if they said that I legitimately thought that this was just winning something on crypto.com because I see them doing all kinds of crazy, you know, little promotions and, you know, games all the time. I would say, yeah, I can see that. Please cite me which one, but I could I could see that. But here's how I feel about this. And tell me if I'm wrong with this. I see people lose their money all the time in crypto. 
I mean, look at Voyager. People's funds are locked up. Are you going to get back? Who knows? Look at Celsius. I mean, they were just irresponsible. Like, both of them were irresponsible with the way that they used people's money. I mean, Alex Mashinsky, allegedly, was using customers' funds to do, like, kind of trading and stuff like that, which they said they were doing. Allegedly, obviously. I mean, there's bridge hacks, there's DeFi hacks, there's scams, there's phishing. There's... So people lose money in crypto all the time. And everybody just says, you should have DYOR'd. It's your fault. Well, it's high risk. You know, all these different things to the consumer, to you, to me. And so, in my opinion, I want them to keep it. Because with all the people who lost money in crypto, please, keep the money. It's like the universe balancing things out. And I think Crypto.com should let them keep the money, to be honest with you. And the only reason why I'm saying let them keep the money is because I want the, I guess, the crypto universe to balance itself out with all the hacks, the scams, and everything, and all the times that people lose money in this space. I just want a come up. A come up like this. Anyway, again, I want your thoughts. Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. Now let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $20,340. Down 0.4% in 24. It's kind of almost even from yesterday. I'm just going to call it even from yesterday. Oh, and I want to give a shout out to Altcoin Daily really quick because they proposed the same question on their Twitter as I asked on the podcast yesterday. I thought that uh, Bitcoin's all-time low for this cycle is going to be between $7,000 and $11,000. And on their Twitter, they put, do you think that Bitcoin's going to get down to $11,000? I don't know if this is something that's been going around and kicking around on Twitter, but it makes me think that maybe Altcoin Daily, you guys are listening to the show. And if you are, thanks for listening. Oh, by the way, another shout out to Ohio because Altcoin Daily are actually from Ohio and from Chardon, Ohio, which I lived in briefly myself. So shout out to you guys. And I'm sticking with my prediction, $7,000 to $11,000. Ethereum was at $1,598. Let's call it $1,600, up 0.6% from yesterday. Tether's number three, USDC is number four, and Binance is number five at 287 down almost a percent. Rounding off the top 10, we have BUSD, XRP, Cardano, Solana, and Doze. Total market cap is pretty much even from yesterday as well. That's $994.4 billion. A BTC dominance of 39.2 and an F dominance of 19.7. Moving into today's headlines. Solana's DeFi exchange accidentally bricks itself, locking up $661,000 forever. They said this, we had an update to our Solana program code, so our deployer tried to upgrade the Optify program on Solana mainnet. However, we accidentally used the Solana program close command, resulting in our Optify program on the mainnet being unfortunately closed. Optify, they're doing the right thing, and they've promised to reimburse all users' funds and noted that 95% of the inaccessible funds were held by a member of the team. They tweeted, Optify's team will learn from this harsh lesson and keep on building for everyone who trusts us. Sincere apologies to all users who put their faith in us and gotten affected by our mistakes. Every deployment needs a rigorous process and a single point of failure can be avoided. Please don't rush like we did, especially for DeFi projects. So they locked up funds, but they're reimbursing people. Basically, they said, slow down and build right. The National Police of Ukraine, or the NPU, successfully took down a network of call centers on Tuesday that targeted Ukrainian and European Union citizens who have been victims of cybercrimes. So what happened? Well, the victims were told to pay a commission in order to reclaim any lost funds. Basically, they lost their crypto, and somebody called them and said, hey, you lose crypto? If you pay a small fee, we'll get your crypto back. 
Well, once they paid the fee, they were never contacted again. This call center allegedly also offered and recommended investment packages in gold, oil, and other securities. This next story is an interesting story because here's the thing is I'm conflicted. I think it's a good idea, but I also don't think it's right. Here, again, I want your opinion. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. So a Greenwich Village restaurant called Dame or Dom, anyway, D-A-M-E, is offering $1,000 NFTs to join its hospitality club, allowing people to skip the line for a reservation. So apparently this is a busy restaurant. So reservations are released online 12 weeks in advance at 12 p.m., but Mondays are walk-ins only. If showing up on a Monday sounds too exhausting, you can go and buy an NFT that will allow you preferential booking. And so people are hating this, hating this. For example, Maya Kosov tweeted, I will bravely say it, New York City restaurant reservation culture has gone too far. Someone else tweeted that it was impressive to see a restaurant find a use for technology even worse than the QR code menu. <laughs> I actually like the QR code menu. I always, always thought it was, that was a good idea, honestly. Because I hate having the menus in front of me. Look, if I'm eating dinner, I like to have a menu. Like, I'm sitting down for a thing. This is, I'm at a nice restaurant. And if I'm at a nice restaurant, I don't get a menu. I'm going to be mad. But if I'm just walking into a bar and I want some bar food or, you know, just like casual. Like, yeah, let me scan the QR code. I think it's because you could have it. You could talk. You're just chilling. You might want the menu later. You don't have to ask people for the menu. I actually like it, especially for a bar menu. If you're at the bar and you want to know what beers are on top or whatever. And it's not on like a blackboard. Yeah, just let me scan the menu real quick if you can't see the taps or don't know what you're looking at. Anyway, another comment was the real Sean Harvey said this. The desperate search for a legitimate use case for NFTs continues. In this edition, it places the burden of rich people bribing the maitre d'. So again, what's your opinion on this? I think it's actually a good idea, even though I don't think it's right. If you take reservations, should you be able to just pay $1,000 to skip the line? I mean, that's what reservations are for. First come, first serve. Are you really prioritizing rich people and their birthdays over uh, people that don't have $1,000 to throw at an NFT to celebrate their birthdays? I mean, you're a super busy restaurant. I mean, I guess you should be or could be allowed to do that. I mean, I don't, don't think it's actually right, but it's not a bad idea. I don't know. What do you think? Matthew ran at Decrypt.co. And by the way, I'm going to still go back on the record. I like the QR code menus. OpenSea announced today the integration of a Layer 2 scaling solution, Polygon, into its Seaport protocol implementation. OpenSea says, in addition to saving 35% on gas fees for transactions, Seaport on Polygon enables the launching of several new features on Polygon, including collection and attribute offers, no listing thresholds, multiple creator payouts, and bulk transfers. Helium. It's a blockchain platform that uses crypto tokens to incentivize a decentralized wireless network, basically cell phones. Well, they said that they can move from its Helium blockchain, maybe, to Solana. The proposal says Solana offers significant benefits to Helium that include, but are not limited to, scale, community, and composability. This change will be momentous in scope, impact, and benefit the Helium network and its users. The Helium community will gain a thriving developer ecosystem of thousands of developers worldwide who are working on applications that are only possible on Solana due to its fast and cheap transactions. And so since we're talking about Solana this week, I'm going to look into that a little bit more because, again, they talked about how many nodes that people are running on Helium. I think it's like 935,000 nodes, which makes it for a pretty good decentralized network. Is Solana as decentralized? Therefore, if it's not as decentralized, it's less secure even though it's maybe faster and more throughput. And then let's just keep 
breaking that down. Like, how much do we sacrifice security and decentralization for quickness and throughput and convenience? Again, what are we really trying to gain off of this? But I have not looked into this a lot enough. Let me look into that tomorrow. Consumer watchdogs within the U.S. House of Representatives believe crypto-related fraud is a massive problem. The Subcommittee on Economic and Consumer Policy of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, that's a mouthful, they sent letters to the largest crypto exchanges in the U.S. on Tuesday, requesting information and documentation and showing how each company is working to combat cryptocurrency-related fraud. Those letters were sent to Coinbase, FTX, Binance.us, Kraken, and KuCoin. They each received a four-page letter requesting all documents related to crypto fraud since 2009. They, neither of them have been around since 2009. What are they trying to get from them? Anyway, as well as answer to five questions. And they want those answers and those documents by September 12th. One flaw in this article, by the way, is they did not state the five questions because they said that there were five questions. Your curiosity is like, oh, what five questions? What did they ask them? And they didn't state the five questions. Anyway, I found it for you and here are those five questions. By the way, these documents sent to these crypto exchanges are pretty similar. The questions I'm reading are to Binance, but they're very similar. So anyway, here are the questions. Number one, what tools, including but not limited to code audits, security protocols, or incident report systems does Binance currently have in place to mitigate the risk of fraud or other criminal activity? Number two, what mechanisms does Binance have in place to ensure that individuals selling, purchasing, or investing in digital assets are made aware of the relevant risks? Number three, what mechanisms such as insurance covering fraud or other criminal acts does Binance have in place to ensure that individuals harmed while using your services are compensated? Number four, for the topics and questions of one through three, what mechanisms does Binance currently have concrete plans to implement? By when does Binance intend to have these mechanisms in place? And number five, what actions do you believe the federal government could take to assist cryptocurrency exchanges in combating fraud and scams? These are good questions, and I really would like to see the uh, companies that these were sent to, Coinbase, FTX, Binance State US, Kraken, KuCoin, um, all of them actually reply publicly, as well as sending the letters. Answer these questions for the public, because I think it'll create a lot of good transparency, and also create a lot of good conversation. And finally, the Tron Network's annual electricity consumption is equivalent to that of only just 15 US households a year, and everybody's cheering the Tron network and their carbon emissions and their use of electricity for being so low. And who's going to tell them? That's because nobody uses Tron. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Deemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. I'll be back tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>